Jason Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two shots and a Rick Flair. It's just good to be here with my guy, Ben McKee. It's just good to be here with my guy, Ben McKee. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope everyone's having a great evening. Ben McKee, Go Falls 247. Jason Swain here with you on a beautiful Thursday. Feels like spring. It's not spring. It's supposed to be like 30, 40 degrees next week. I don't know what's going on. We're going to enjoy it while we here. Ben McKee, it's it's that time of the year, man. Basketball, baseball season has kicked off. What is up? Not a whole lot. Trying to enjoy the madness. Well, was hoping maybe the the Lady Vols could hang with South Carolina a little longer than they did, but that seems to have dissipated as the fourth quarter is a uh, about to begin. Hopefully, the the Grizz can can knock off knock off the Sixers tonight. But trying to enjoy the madness of basketball and baseball season. Hey, February's up pretty much. It's March, so time for uh, one of the best tournaments in all of sports to get going. Which which tournament is that? The NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually looking forward to the NCAA tournament. I know there's some folks who are not uh, thrilled about where this basketball team is, and, and I'm one of those those people that, uh, not necessarily thrilled, but uh, with getting Josiah Jordan James back and, and getting Julian Phillips back, this team can do some damage. And I don't think it's a surprise that they still have the six best odds to win a national championship according to Caesar Sportsbooks. And you look at this team play over the last seven games and you wonder why. You look at Kim Palm, they're still number five. You look at the net rankings, they're still number three. It doesn't make any sense, right? But defensively, this team is still stout, and I think and I'm hoping that this team plays at a high level on both sides of the court once Julian Phillips and Josiah and Jordan James come back. But right now, there's cause to pause and the cause to be concerned, um, but I, I hope that this team can uh, get it going. I am proud of the way Santiago Vescovi fought through illness, didn't practice last week, played his butt off, just came up short. Um, but I didn't expect Tennessee to beat Texas A&M without your two starters. I just didn't. But, yeah, this team got to figure it out, man, offensively. And they got about three regular season games to get together and a couple games in the SEC tournament to figure it out. But I want to ask you about – I want to ask you about baseball before we even get started on basketball. Um, Tennessee, ruin my, my prediction of an undefeated season <laughs> after their first game of the of the year. I finished the, the tournament one and two, came back here, handled business against Alabama A&M. But I don't know why anybody was expecting this team to be like last year's team. <laughs> like that was the best regular season team in history. Uh, this is a different team. There's different pieces. 
but there's a lot of pieces from last year that we expect to be really, really good. Um, but the biggest story with this baseball team is, is Maui Ahuna, the Kansas transfer, not eligible, it looks like. And, and so, Ben, I know you have been on several shows around the Southeast talking about this, and folks have asked you about this, Ben. So I know you've had time to – many repetitions on answering <laughs> this question too, uh, leadership reps. So be a good leader here on the Swain event and give us the latest on Maui Ahuna. <clears throat> Clear your throat, DJ Cool. I would like to announce that I am pleading the fifth. Okay. You can plead the fifth. <laughs> I, I kid. Uh, it, it's a weird situation uh, that has several legs and arms to it. And th- there's still a lot of questions to not only be asked, but also to be answered. Obviously, if, if there are questions to be asked, then obviously there are answers that are, that are needed as well. Uh, it, it's, it's simply, it, it's not cut and dry and, the sense that it's the NCAA just sitting around with with its legs propped up and they're being lazy and and not doing uh, the the necessary paperwork or something along those lines. Uh, it 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 stems from some questions that popped up with with how Maui Ahuna transferred to Tennessee from Kansas. Uh-huh. Uh, t- Tennessee did not do anything crazy or, or just completely out of bounds or, or this and, and that. And from my understanding to this point, what what is called in to question the way Maui Ahuna transferred from Kansas to Tennessee started, if you'll remember, with the Darren Rovell tweet that came out, I want to say the next day after he committed last June mm-hmm. or later that day. It, it was within the time frame of when Maui announced that he was transferring to Tennessee. And I don't have the tweet pulled up in front of me to to read word for word, but paraphrasing and, and just the synopsis of it is that Darren Ravel tweeted that Maui Ahuna was going to Tennessee because of NIL opportunities mm-hmm. and, and that Tennessee dropped off a big bag of NIL money mm-hmm. for Maui Ahuna, which I can – confidently say that the number that Darren Rovell tweeted or alluded to was not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maui Ahuna, as you have already seen with some local businesses, was going to be given the opportunity to cash in on NIL opportunities. Uh, again, we've already seen that happen, but there was no set number from my understanding like Darren Rovell alluded to. And there were some opposing coaches or, or one in particular within the SEC that has has not been fond of, of Tony's operations over in, in Knoxville. Not not anything out of bounds, just in general. I mean, it's no secret that people outside of Knoxville do not like Tony Vitello, um, but in, in an, an opposing coach maybe used that Darren Rovell tweet that wasn't all that accurate as ammunition to, to maybe – point the finger at Tennessee and and uh, try and catch the attention of, of those in the NCAA to, to look at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, that that's where Maui Ahuna not being eligible this past weekend stems from, uh, from, from my understanding. And again, I, there, there are so many questions that, that still need to be asked and answered. So I want to be careful with what I say. Yeah. Uh, obviously I want to be 
accurate. You're doing a good job. First and, and foremost, but that that's essentially what it all stems from. Uh, and th- this was something that Tennessee expected to be cleared well before the season, that they are very surprised that that it has taken this long for Maui to to become cleared, have his eligibility cleared. Uh, they, they knew that this could always be a possibility. They just didn't think that it would come to this. They, they thought that it, it would be handled um, by the time opening day rolled around, and, and it did not. It, it wasn't until about – a week uh, a week out from first pitch or game week it, itself that kind of Tennessee was under the pressure under the impression that okay th- this could potentially become a thing to where he's not eligible to to start the season so uh Tony Vitello told the media on Tuesday after they beat Alabama A&M that uh, Maui and Tennessee have one final step to to clear with the NCAA so it does seem like it's close to coming to a resolution uh, and and that that would be sooner rather than later. Good, because I was going to ask you when when can we expect Maui Huna to uh, suit up for the ball? So um, you answered that, and we'll keep an eye out for any news or notes that can help us understand, give us a timeline of of when we can expect him back. So uh, I want to get the latest from you. What's going on there? It's going to be man. Um, well, it was a beautiful day today and yesterday for some baseball. I don't know about this weekend. Um, looks like it's going to be rough, but there's um, there's there's only 97 games left in the regular season. <laughs> we'll be good to go. We'll we'll catch some other ones, but I uh, want to get your your take on the weekend as a whole, Tennessee baseball, and uh, what did you take away from uh, the performances in a win or a loss or what some things you feel like we need to address? There's no reason to freak out. I know there's there's been some hot takes over the last couple of, of days uh, with, with Tennessee baseball, and um, golly, man, we still doing that. We still doing the hot take stuff on, on social media, I guess so. But uh, first baseball series of the season, <laughs> and there were some hot takes. But what did you take away from from the weekend uh, as a whole, man? Well, I, I, A, starting with the positive, I, I thought the pitching staff lived up to the hype. Mm-hmm. Chase Dolander and Chase Burns, they weren't as crisp as they are capable of being. They, they they did leave some pitches out there that they would like to have back, but they weren't bad. I mean, they were they were good and, and really, really good at times. Uh, and, and that was against two good baseball teams. You and I talked about it last Thursday. Yep. Arizona and Grand Canyon – are two really good baseball programs. Yep. They are. We do. L- losing to, to Grand Canyon in baseball is is not the same as losing to Grand Canyon in in football. Like it, it's I, I don't want to say it's on the level of of Gonzaga um because Gonzaga basketball has been uh elite but even in basketball it, it would be kind of like losing to maybe like a St. Mary's uh, a, a team that's just has a really good to, to really solid team every year and are, are pretty frequently in the tournament or fighting to get into the tournament. That That's Grand Canyon. Obviously, they're, they're not a household name, um, but they are a good baseball program, have been. They won over 40 games last year, and they have one of the best prospects in, in all of baseball, high school baseball, college baseball. It, it doesn't matter. Jacob Wilson, their shortstop, is an absolute stud, and you saw that right away when he took Chase Burns 
down the right field line for an RBI triple. So the yeah. pitching staff has has lived up to the hype, in in my opinion. And it's pretty crazy that two of their better bullpen arms aren't even available at the moment. Wyatt Evans and, and Camden Sewell, they're, they're being held back right now for some precautionary reasons. Just no need risking it this early in the season with their arms. And, and I mean, those two guys are – Camden Sewell might be your most trusted guy out of the bullpen, and Wyatt Evans is – is due for a breakout season as a sophomore, and, and they're not even available. But you've seen Zach Joyce come in and, and be dominant. Uh, Drew Beam was awesome on Sunday against UC San Diego. Uh, you, you've had some other newcomers impress in, in their debut. So the pitching staff lived up to the hype for me. But obviously the the offense is, is not where I anticipated it being yeah. and probably need to recalibrate expre- expectations for the offense. I don't know that it's it's going to be an, an offense that is one of the very best in the country. I think they'll be good, but th- this is th- – this, honestly, I got Tennessee basketball vibes. Not in the sense of the offense is going to struggle the way the basketball offense has all season, but in the sense that the baseball team, they're, they're going to – if if they're going to go win something of significance, if they're going to live up to the hype this season, it's going to be behind the pitching. Um, AKA the defense and in, in basketball and, and Tennessee does need to get better defensively in the field. Yeah. Um, but the, the offense, I and mean, it was, it was without two key pieces against two good baseball programs. Maui Ahuna and Griffin Merritt weren't available the first two games uh, and that they'll need those guys back in the lineup. So probably need to recalibrate some, some thoughts and expectations for the offense, but uh, no need to freak out. Like you said, it, it, it was two, two close losses in competitive baseball games against two good teams. Uh, so Tennessee does have some work to do, but I, I think that they'll be fine, especially with the way the pitching staff is. is that's just going to and they'll be able to win a lot of games because of that pitching staff. All right. My man, Ben. That was, that was a whole lot more than I asked for, Ben. Yeah, my bad. You know I like to talk. No, it's all good, man. That's, 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 that's what I want. I, I want. I want more. And there's only one guy I'm going to go to when it comes to Tennessee baseball to get it. So, no, I I, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I feel like we need to take a break and, and kind of change change gears. Uh, the telephone number is 865-255-03. You can give us a call, get in on the conversation, uh, any questions or comments. Uh, the the uh, Swain Event app is free for your Apple and your Android devices. There's a feature on there to allow you to text us. Uh, with any comments or questions. And so we'll get to the text box. We'll take your phone calls. Um, the way it works, if you're just joining us and you're new, you don't know how it works, give us a call, uh, put you on hold, and then we'll um, patch you in. Just give us your name and where you call it from. And i uh, love to have you, love to hear from you. So I think we'll take a break. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back, change the directions, uh, pivot a little bit. And I got a bone to pick with you, Ben McKee. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, I got, I got a bone to pick with you, man. Yeah, I got a bone to pick with you, sir. 865-255-03. Swain event fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. We'll be right back. Scott. If you notice a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low-T. You know you need to stop playing around and schedule your complete health assessment at Low-T Center. 
they now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low-T Center or you just want the convenience of at-home treatment, all good. Low-T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low-T Center, reinventing men's health care. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey there, Swain Event fam. Happy to be back with you on the weekly show. And although our Swain Event schedule has changed, I'm still here on a daily basis to help you with your real estate needs. So if you are still looking for your forever home, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! You're listening to the Swain Event. You don't say! Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It's about time for a Swain Event meeting at Dead End. It's about that time, my friend. Break some bread with you. Lady Vols uh, down nine with 350 to go in the fourth. And they're playing their butt off. They just picked up a uh, offensive foul on South Carolina, so it's Tennessee's ball. They're fighting. They're fighting the butt off. I will, I will say that. Carolina's number one team in the country. They're a dynasty right now. And Tennessee hit some, some timely threes. Uh, Strickland's hit some threes. Rakia's doing her thing. Again, she's, she's dropped 20 points. And seems like the last few games, she's balling, showing why she is going to be a top prospect in the WNBA. Uh, looks like we turned it over. That was the bugaboo. That was going to be the deciding factor for this team. So it looks like it's South Carolina's ball. Um, don't have to get a stop. Ben McKee, go Vols 247. Jason Swain here with you. So let me tell you about my bone to pick with you, Ben McKee. Tell you about, let, me tell you, let me tell you about my bone to pick with you. Had me rolling. Had me laughing. So, Tennessee, Texas a Play on, played on Tuesday. I didn't think we would win. My confidence level was a six out of a ten. I that thought, high? Yeah, I mean, I, it was a six. We played against Missouri too, but um, I just, I just wasn't confident in how we was playing. I know we beat Alabama without Josiah Jordan James and uh, without Phillips, but we play lights out on defense. Offensively, we're good enough. And we were at home. Texas A&M is a team that I, I don't think people are giving a lot of credit to, a lot of respect to. Game was at home. They're a game out of first place, top first place in the SEC. Um, 
they present some matchup problems for sure. I didn't I didn't feel confident about the game. But we was up nine points and I man, I thought we we played our butts off and, and with Vescovy being limited physically because he was dealing with the illness. I mean, I was I was highly impressed with how he came and he was a warrior. Um Zakai Ziegler, a lot on his shoulders, man. He's having to do, I think, too much. He had four turnovers, four assists. That's not Zakai-like. Uh, missed, some, missed some shots. I think the length gave him some trouble. Uh, I, I thought his dribble pickup on the last shot, um, he didn't get his hands all the way on the ball, so the ball came out a little funky on his three-point shot. I don't, I don't think the drill pickup was clean. And, um, you know, we we fought, we fell short. A lot of fair and constructive criticism on social media. A lot of unfair and criticism that would cross the line. And just like you have the right to criticize the play that you see, player got the right to let you know that, he don't appreciate how it feels like when things are good, there's love. And when things are not, it gets trashed. And he has the right to, to say that. And he did. And I understand what he's saying and all that good stuff. So the next day, I felt like it was appropriate for someone that played at the University of Tennessee understands what he's going through, has a voice, whether it's her or not, I don't know, but have a pretty, pretty, pretty good voice, I guess. And I just thought it was important for me to, to back a fellow student athlete up. So I said, good morning. I ride with Zakai Ziegler and Santiago Vescovy. And this dude, Ben McKee, going to ask me, in public, do you ride with Grady Dick too? And I almost lost it. I almost lost it. I was laughing uh, uh, so hard. And I was like, let me, I got something for it. Let me type this out. I was like, nah, delete, delete, delete. Nah, I'm going to type this out. Nah, 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 delete, delete, delete. I ain't going to do it. I want to tell you right now, Ben, that was good. That was good. That was good. That was good. Uh, I was rolling. Um, but I thought Josiah George James um, did a really good job of, of owning it at the Big Orange Tip-Off Club on Wednesday when he spoke. And man, he's, he's taking a full accountability for how this team has played. They haven't lived up to expectations. But the, but the cool thing about College basketball, which is different than football, Ben, you know how at the beginning of the season you have these goals you lay out for yourself. The first goal for football is what? What's the first goal? First milestone. Uh, I, I assume that we're going to go ahead and jump to SEC champions or winning the SEC East. Yeah, winning the SEC East. So that's that's step number one. Number two is is winning the SEC. So you win the East, you go to Atlanta. Step number two is winning the SEC. 
And then step number three is winning a championship, putting yourself in position to win a championship. And with the college football playoff over the last couple of years, you can actually win the championship without winning the SEC. And when those goals are dash, like it, it just changes the whole demeanor of the fan base and sometimes the, the team and the program. And even with losing to Georgia first, step one was still attainable, but it, but you needed help, right? Like you needed somebody else to beat Georgia. I mean, that wasn't going to happen. So now it's like, all right, well, let's see if we can have a chance to win a championship without winning the SEC, which was still on the table. Well, lost to South Carolina. So that was off the table. So really, after the South Carolina game, everything was off the table. So the only thing you had to do was go and go to a good bowl game and finish the season off with a good taste in your mouth and win. It's the last game of the season. Well, basketball is different. Everybody loses their last game of the season, except for the national champion. So for basketball, even with Tennessee not playing the way they should be playing right now, losing five out of the last seven, they still have all their goals except for one that's obtainable. Attainable. The first goal for basketball, Ben, what is that? Uh, I would say SEC regular season champs. SEC regular season. And what's after that? SEC tournament. SEC tournament and then go win that championship. Well, you ain't going to win the regular season. That is mathematically impossible. But you can win the tournament, and you can go win that championship, even though there's not a lot of people right now that believe this team is ready today to go win that championship. They got some work to do. But you can still go win the tournament, and you still can go win that championship. And so they still have three of those four goals uh, obtainable. That's what Josiah Jordan-James said. But he also said that, man, they got to play better. Like, they, they, they got to – they got to figure it out. They got to play better. He's confident that they're able to do that. I just want to see what this team looks like, Ben, once they get healthy. That's what I yeah. want to see. Yeah, that that's a that's a, a huge difference huge. <laughs> in, in whether or not th- this Tennessee team can can go achieve their goals. Obviously, if if I'm betting on it, I'm I'm not gonna pick Tennessee to go far uh, no. at, at at this point. Not right but. Now. That they still have the pieces to to go to go do it. They, they do. It, it would not be the most surprising thing in the world to see them in the Elite Eight. It wouldn't. I, I'd be surprised if they got to the Final Four. And I know that's only a game difference, but I, I guess just kind of saying Final Four out loud and saying Elite Eight out loud, it, it just sounds uh, much much different. But uh, th- this team, to me, kind of honestly feels like that that Conzo team that went to the Sweet 16 and should have been in the Elite Eight if it weren't for that bum ref in the Michigan game. 13-14 team. Yeah, the, that, that team kind of underwhelmed throughout the regular season and didn't win as much as the, the talent on the roster probably said you should win. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it's fair to say that about this team so far. Th- this team should should not have lost the games that it has lost to this point. Um the the Florida game, Vanderbilt, Missouri, I mean the, Missouri. the two losses to Kentucky. They lost to Missouri. Oh, I mean, goodness gracious. I do understand the late game blunders 
But man, team shoots 14 threes. Oof, it's hard to beat that team. But yeah, shouldn't have shouldn't have lost there because of late game mistakes. I get you. Yeah. But my point, Tennessee's better than Missouri. And sure, sure. they're in they're in your building. I don't care if Josiah and Julian are not playing. That's a game you should win. In in my opinion. Yeah. My, and and the overall point that I was making is is that there, there have been so many inexcusable losses to inferior teams, to, yeah. to teams that you are definitely better than. Mm. Uh, I, I like that Missouri team. I think Vanderbilt's a pretty solid team, even though they had an awful loss uh, to, to LSU over the weekend. No, like, like yesterday. That, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yesterday. Um, like, the, the, those are solid teams, but Tennessee still should not be losing those games. I agree. Um, in, in, in my opinion. So it, it kind of feels like that Conzo team, that last Conzo team that that lost some games, more games in the regular season than it probably should have when you look at the roster. But you knew they had the pieces to piece it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did. Uh, they, they had guys step up when it mattered most, most notably Josh Richardson in that Iowa game and in the play-in game. And, and then people don't talk enough about how how much luck, good and bad luck, is involved yep. in the NCAA tournament. And, yep. and that Tennessee team caught some good luck with, with Duke losing to Mercer. So you, you play Mercer in the second round instead of having to play Duke. Uh, and, and then now all of a sudden you're in the Sweet 16. Who, who's to say that that won't happen to this Tennessee team? Because they're, they're going to need a, a little bit of luck. Not saying that they need that type of upset. Everybody but needs they luck. Played, what's that? I, say, I think everybody needs luck. If you're going to win a championship basketball, you got to have some luck. Like Virginia yes. got Virginia a couple years ago got away with a double dribble against Auburn. Yes, like they were they lucky did. there. Like last night, Alabama in South Carolina, Brandon Miller traveled eight times and they didn't call it. They got lucky. So you got to have a little bit of luck. Like it's part of it. You do. And, and I mean, even to that awful week that was Missouri and Vanderbilt, I mean, that, that was an unlucky week for Tennessee. And obviously Tennessee did things to put themselves in position to lose those basketball games. And, and you want to correct those things. But there was a little bit of luck involved in the sense of the the Vanderbilt shot was wide open, but he still could have missed. That Missouri shot was a, a heck of a, a buzzer beater from, from yeah, nearly well. half court. Like, I mean, who's who? I mean, maybe good luck is on Tennessee's side that night and both of those shots don't go down. And, and then all of a sudden you're, you're looking at this Tennessee team a, a little bit differently. So I'm not going to pick Tennessee to to make a deep run at this point. Um, the, the inconsistencies are maddening. And I think at this, at, at this point in the year, you are what you are, or, or you are what your resume says you are to this point. And, really? and in my opinion, Tennessee's resume says they're inconsistent, uh, but they, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, blind to the fact that, that they are certainly capable of making a run. Yeah. Here, here's a, here's a good thing though, Ben here, here's, part where you can be optimistic a little bit is that everyone has been inconsistent. Like Purdue was thought to be the program that's head over heels over everybody else. And they have had some bad losses and they have been exposed since the Indiana game. They have been exposed. Houston has been exposed. Kansas went through a three game losing streak uh, and they've bounced back from a three game losing streak and they've been playing well now, but like, there's not a team that's playing so much better than everybody else. So Tennessee is basically lumped in with a bunch of teams that also have been playing inconsistent that you can 
So any one of these teams can go win it. Like it's all been inconsistent. That's the that's the positive side of where Tennessee basketball is right now. The negative side is, hey man, they lost five out of the last seven. Got two of your star players hurt. Um, and you found ways to lose some games. Now that can make you stronger and better, and you can learn from those situations because you're gonna need to learn from those situations when you play in a tournament because there's gonna be a lot of close games like that. Tennessee may play in them, but I promise you there's going to be some close games in the tournament. And if Tennessee's in them, you need to be able to learn from the Mizzou and Vanderbilt losses uh, to not allow that to happen happen again. So when Julian Phillips comes back, he has to be that slasher to the basket that A&M was being against us on, on Tuesday because it can't just be Zakai Ziegler. There were so many times that he was trying to penetrate, trying to get to the basket, but he's short. He's short. And there's some things that he just can't do at his height. He just can't do. And this roster, looking at this team on Tuesday, it's like, yo, he's the only person that can like penetrate and go get to the basket and make a, make a shot. But even with his height, he had a hard time with the floater. Um so a lot of our shots were on the outside. Tuesday, and that wasn't the first time, but Tuesday, it was a slap in the face for me. I was like, man, we are really missing Kennedy Chandler. We are really missing a guy like that. And, boy, I can't wait to see Freddie DeLeon because he's a guy that can do those things. And I was sure hoping he was playing right now because he could do some of those things that I think this, this team is missing on the offensive end. Um. But one of the things that was encouraging for me on Tuesday was I love when Santiago Vescovi got in Uros's face because he he uh, didn't hold his seal and it resulted into a turnover. And that's that's what we need to see. Guys holding each other accountable and demanding the most out of each other. But I'm with you, man. I just don't know what to expect. I have no clue what to expect. I've seen this, good, this team be really good. I've seen this team be really bad. But I've also seen other teams do the same exact thing, Ben, and that's what gives me some hope. Uh, that this team could finish finish stronger. I was comparing this team to the 13-14 team uh, as well this this week, a team that's been inconsistent, a team that's frustrated the heck out of you uh, during the regular season. Also has some good wins, but frustrated you as well. But because of the draw in the NCAA tournament, was able to make a run. And I'm hoping this team could do the same thing. They're certainly capable of it. They yeah. They just have quite a bit of things that they need to – to get going here yeah, and not sure. a lot of time to to fix those things. Uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see if there's an adjustment period to, to getting Josiah and Julian back in the, the lineup and, and, and back in the fold. First, they need to get Julian back. Uh, Josiah said he was going to play this Saturday at the, the Big Orange Tip-Off Club. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Ben. Did you hear Jimmy Dykes? Yes, I did. I mean, he basically called out Josiah. He did, and and I was I was surprised that he did call him out in in that manner. And, and I, th- this is a conversation that needs to be had. Uh, I, I get to watch practice twice a week. One one practice before each game, they allow the media to to sit and and watch practice after Rick or whoever speaks gets gets done with their media availability. And I mean, just generally walking around, Josiah has appeared to be fine, relatively speaking. Um, 
and again, obviously I, I'm there for an hour and a half. I get to see an hour and a half, two hours a week, uh, maybe a, a little bit more, hour and a half, two hours of each practice that, that I'm at each week. Uh, and he, there, there's so much else that goes on behind the scenes and whatnot. And just because he appears to be walking fine, that doesn't mean that his ankle is okay to play on is the point that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm getting to. And I've seen him taking shots on his own on the other end of the floor, and and there's not a real noticeable limp. I mean, he's going kind of half speed and and looks fine as he's pretending to come off a curl and take a jump shot mm-hmm. and working on his shot and and just kind of doing some loose running around. I've honestly been, if I'm being completely honest, I've been surprised that he's missed four straight games, but that doesn't mean that he's okay to play against Texas A&M on. Tuesday night, uh, whatever night it was, uh, he, he I, I just don't think it's fair for people to question Josiah's want to, yep. um, because he's a he's a guy that is on numerous occasions. A, a you can speak to this better than I can. Mm-hmm. Ankle sprains aren't aren't an easy thing to deal with. They they they're they're weird. They're weird injuries. B Josiah has played through multiple injuries throughout his career which I don't know why you would question somebody's toughness where, where there's a history of the guy playing through injury in his career and see, he did it earlier this season playing through injury. And and he said publicly when he was dealing with the, the, the funkiness in his left knee coming off of the, the, the procedure that he had over the off season that was still bothering him at the start. He, he said that it was bothering him against Colorado and he knew he probably should not have played in that next game against Florida Gulf Coast, but he didn't feel right sitting out that game because of how the team had just looked against Colorado. He didn't feel like that was the game to not play because his knee felt weird. Like, not only is there a long list of, of him playing through injury during his career, we've seen him do it this season, and he's talked about it publicly this season. So just because you see Josiah on the sideline and, and he doesn't have a boot on, or he's not walking with a limp, he's not walking gingerly, that doesn't mean that he's able to play and he's being soft and thinking about himself and choosing not to play. Josiah Jordan James does not strike me as as that type of guy uh, after being around him the last four years and knowing how much he means to this team. I don't at all believe that he would do that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I know exactly what, what what Josiah, from a mental standpoint, is going through because that's the hurdle you got to get over. It's the mental hurdle to get back out there where you have um, experienced a, a injury like that. He he's had a knee, now it's an ankle, and like mentally, you have to get over that hurdle. And as long as you can look at your teammates in the eye and, and yourself in the in the eye, look in the mirror and say, "Hey, man, like I'm I can't go." Either you can or you can't. And you know your body better than anybody. So there's guidelines that trainers and doctors use when it comes to the length of time someone needs to be out for, ankle sprain, grade one, grade two, grade A, B, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's about how you feel. And you got to listen to your body. He went through it earlier this season when he felt guilty that his team lost without him and he went back out there. And he wasn't ready. There's no need to do that again. So we don't know. Jimmy Dykes don't know. Rick Barnes don't know. No one knows except for Josiah. 
So he has to be the one that is able to lay his head on the pillow. And his teammates have to be able to look in his eyes and know that, hey, man, he's giving us what he can and, and have that trust. So we're not in that locker room. We don't we don't know. And uh, I felt guilty when I, had high, uh, when I had a high ankle sprain my senior year and I wasn't, I, w- I wasn't out there. Um, and I tried to play after spraining mine against Georgia. There's about a week after the Georgia week and then Alabama after that. So I had one week off and I tried to play against Alabama. And I had to take myself out of the game because I was going to hurt my team trying to play because I felt guilty if I missed any time because I was a captain. So that's always the, the burden that you have in a Josiah Jordan James um, place that you are one of the leaders, you're one of the captains, you're banged up and you don't want to let your team down. But at the same time, like you, like you got to take care of yourself. You know, your body better than anybody else. And I'd rather have Josiah Jordan James healthy at, during this stretch leading to the tournament than trying to be playing and tournament time be out like Cal Alexander was out and it cost us an opportunity to advance. So uh, let me go to the phones right quick and then we'll take a break. Welcome to the program. Good evening. Good evening, guys. What's up, Turkey Man? Hey, buddy. Uh, good to hear you guys today. Uh, I was wondering about our baseball team. One thing, of what what uh, is going on with them, and maybe Ben could explain a little bit about the difference in the uh, hitting as far as uh, uh, when the ball can be pitched or uh, – I, I watched a little bit of it. Are they speeding the game up? Uh, they speeding the game up, Turkey Man. Well, is it, is it really affecting us and hitting that much more than anybody else? Uh, no. Uh, okay, what's wrong with hitting? There, there are a bunch of new players in new roles, uh, and and also uh, in the the two games that you played legitimate competition you were without two of your best bats in the lineup in Maui Ahuna and, and Griffin Merritt. So they're, they're obviously not going to be the offense that they were last year, but they're, they're still gonna, there's still going to be a good lineup. There's just going to be an adjustment period as new players slide into to new roles. What about the kitchen? Uh, how, how's that going to be this year from what you've seen? Uh, I think that is still in, in the process of of being figured out. I, I think it's certainly going to be Charlie Taylor or Cal Stark. Uh, right now, if I had to guess, I I, I think I, I think it'll end up being Cal Stark. Um, but Charlie Taylor is very very good defensively, and that's what coaches care about most when when it comes to catching, as you know. So I, I could certainly see uh, Charlie. Um, get, getting the first crack uh, in, in conference play uh, against SEC opponents as the catcher because of how good he is defensively. But I, I do think ultimately Cal Stark is is probably going to take over at catcher because he, he's he's really solid defensively. It's just that Charlie is better, but he's definitely better with the bat. So uh, Charlie had a big night against Alabama A&M last night, but that's against Alabama A&M. He, he needs to, to show some – some offense against some legitimate competition if if he's going to want to play when it comes to, to SEC play. Uh, going to basketball before I get off here, 
want to. Hey, man, where you been the whole show? We been we already covered all this. No, you ain't talked about one thing, man. <laughs> all right, go ain't. for it. Which is the best best five players that gives us the best chance of winning? Ooh. Well, two of them out. Well, as far as tournament goes, uh, what five players we have got to have and uh, – and ha- and they need to be in there for us to win. Ooh. Uh, go, go, this 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 swapping in and out, uh, for most part, ain't working. You got to get you maybe two, you know, seven. Turkey Bear. Two, two, two. I want five best. Cause, Turkey Bear, you need more uh, than five. Well, <laughs> we got to have five, five that, that makes the difference because uh, right now they ain't got that. Got to uh, have depth. Is, this is bad. You gotta have depth. You gotta yeah. have depth, Turkey man. I mean, uh, I thought we had depth. We do, we do. But two of two of the best guys, forty percent of your starting roster is not playing. So I think you gotta take that in consideration. Uh, the Vanderbilt loss, you know, you had those guys, so that's that's no excuse there. But you, you you can't go win a lot of basketball games with just a starting five. You gotta have depth, and so the starting five that's been the best for Tennessee is with Josiah at the four. Um, you put Olivier at the, at the five and you got Julian Phillips, uh, Santi at the two and then Z at the, at the one. And then you kind of go from there, um, uh, depending on the matchups, the other, other team, you go, how, how long you can go with that five depends on the matchups and, uh, with the other team. But that's, that's been the best five that I've seen this year. You just got to get those guys healthy and, and play, play them more. But you got to have a, a bench turkey, man. You got to have guys come off the bench and be able to contribute. Tyreek Key has to be able to shoot the ball with confidence and make shots. You need Uros to go in there and do his job when he goes in. Uh, Mayshack has been pleasant, I won't say a surprise, because we've seen his development early in the season, especially offensively, and he's always been good defensively. <clears throat> but he has, he has been really good in the time that, Julian and Josiah have been out. So uh, you just hope that when all these guys come back that we see the best versions of this Tennessee basketball team that we saw a little bit earlier uh, in the season. We haven't seen them in the last couple of weeks, but we've had some injuries. And so there's still a chance this team can can still go far in the tournament, Turkey Man. Well, did did Tony get a black eye? Yeah, I think I, I, I think Ben's trying to get some Maui Ahuna information, and Tony wouldn't give it to him, so Ben took matters in his own hands. <laughs> he got hit uh, by a line drive in practice. Oh, is that what happened? Yep. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, what about that What that, that player that's going to get to release to play, that the one that's waiting on the NCAA to give the thumbs up? Sorry, man, you said you've been here. You ain't been here. We talked about that first of the show. No, nah, you wasn't listening. You wasn't. You wasn't paying attention. Hey, that was the well, lead topic today on the program. You gotta yeah. go back and look at the podcast. Listen to the I'll podcast. To. Well, I get out of here. All right, Turkey man, we gotta keep moving, man. Okay. We gotta get the football. So that's where we're going now. Football? What's that? Man, you wouldn't even think we play football around here, man. All these Please. Old, huh? Please, you seen the reaction to these basketball losses and to the two baseball losses in the first two games of a sixty-game season? Folks, tell me we don't tell me we don't play football around here. Folks, folks are expecting, and it's weird because like it's a different sport. Folks are expecting the same offensive production 
in the same style of play and winning the same way in basketball that we did in football and and in baseball. And I know baseball last year offensive we were, we were great, but it's still a different team. It's a different team. So I wasn't expecting this Tennessee baseball offense to be the same as last year. Uh, I dang sure wasn't expecting this Tennessee basketball team to have explosive offense like the football team. Uh, not expecting that one one bit. But yeah, there's there has been some a little bit of news with Tennessee football. Uh, so we'll take a break and, and get to and get to that. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Ben McKee, go Vols two four seven. Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center Studio. Stay with us. Be right back. Sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out how to buy and sell in this complicated market? I get it, and I understand why you're hesitant. That's where I come in. Call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. I'm happy to help answer any questions you have, and whether you're ready to rock in two weeks or two years, I'll be here. Look forward to hearing from you soon, and go Vols! Fellas, do you need an annual health exam? I recommend going to Low T Center to get your complete health assessment. They will check all of your levels, not just your T level. In most cases, it's completely covered by your health insurance. And if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 for a full lab panel and office visit with the medical provider to give you a complete health assessment. Low T Center specializes in men's health making it quick and easy, even verifying your insurance. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your online appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for Pickup, or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like the show on Facebook. Coaches getting paid, deservedly so. This team won 11 games uh, this season, exceeded all expectations. Now, Bill Connolly from ESPN, S&P, he predicted Tennessee to have a monster season, but he's probably the only one that backed it up with some numbers and some facts. But Tennessee exceeded expectations. And today, you heard about raises and contract extensions with this Tennessee football staff. Josh Heupel, we heard about his big time contract extension and raise, five million to nine million, uh, deserving. Lee so when you look at around the league and other guys 
getting raises, the money they're making. Uh, we see that Willie Martinez is up to five hundred forty thousand after making four sixty five last year. Jerry Mack was making half a mil after making four twenty five, so seventy five thousand dollar raise. Uh, Kelsey Pope had a built in raise from two. 225,000 in 22 to 250 in 2023. Said this on Josh and Swain earlier today. If there's a coach that deserves a huge raise based on what he inherited and what he was able to put on the field, that's Kelsey Pope. Uh, first time on the field coach took a guy that was a bench warmer and uh, did not perform up to his capabilities last year, Jalen Hyatt to a Blitnikoff Award winner. He also took a guy in Brute McCoy that was unproven as a college football player, period, let alone a wide receiver, took him, a guy that was coming off a major um, surgery, out of shape, forgotten about, and Brute McCoy had the best year of his career. You throw in Ramel Keaton, had his best year of his career. You throw in the ability to get a guy like Squirrel White ready to play in key moments. I mean, dude, Kelsey Pope did a hell of a job. <clears throat> hell of a job. So, looking for Alec Ablin to, to do the same thing, coming from off-the-field role to on-the-field role, looking for that same type of impact. But, hey, man, there's a lot of money going around in college football with these coaches. I'm glad that – uh we don't have much coaching turnover and staff turnover. That's the thing that's important. It is. And and the most impressive thing to me about Kelsey Pope is that Cedric Tillman goes down and there's no drop-off no. Uh, in, in terms of receiver production in general. Uh, and and the, the development of Squirrel White from game one to game 13. I mean, he, he looks like a guy that – that is in for a, a big sophomore season if if he has a, a nice off season. So uh, Kelsey Pope was was really, really impressive. Um, I, I thought Rodney Garner and Glenn Ellerby, those two are two of the unsung heroes of this this past football season. I, obviously, everybody talks about Rodney Garner and, and how much he means to Tennessee. Yep. But I, I I don't think Tennessee wins – uh, the amount of games that it did, 11 games, and and beat all the teams that it did without the offensive line and defensive line taking a step forward. Mm-hmm. Hinton Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, all those weapons, they're, they're sexy, they're, they're fun to to watch, but they they don't matter if the offensive line and defensive line take a step forward. They, they just don't. Uh, they, they were Tennessee was able to win key games against talented football teams because of what it did in the trenches uh, that, that allowed Hendon and the weapons to be successful. Uh, I go back and look at the Super Bowl. Why did the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Swain? Zero sex. That That is 1,000% why. Travis Kelsey, arguably the greatest tight end of all time. He was terrific. Patrick Mahomes, who I think it's, it's going to be a pretty big upset if, if he doesn't end his career as the greatest quarterback of all time, just because of what he's already done in, in a short amount of starting at, at this level. 
three championships in five seasons and in five starting seasons, he's made it to the AFC championship game every single time. Like he's phenomenal. He's one of the greatest of all time already five, five seasons in as a starter, but as great as those guys were, the, the Chiefs are not beating the Eagles and yep. Eagles defense that was the best in the NFL this season. Maybe the 49ers would, would, would like a piece of that conversation, but the, but the Eagles led led the NFL in in sacks. Yep. And that's why I picked the Eagles to to win the Super Bowls yeah, because too. I thought that that front seven would would take over. But Trey Smith and Creed Humphreys and Orlando Brown Jr. and that Chiefs offensive line, they they shut them out, they threw did. up a, a goose egg. That that's why Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey were able to have success. So uh, I maybe you can refresh my memory. What I don't did Rodney get a, a raise? Glenn Ellerby, what what was his? Like those two deserve as big a raise as anybody in the country yeah. for the way that they were able to develop their units. Yeah, uh Glenn Ellerby got a hundred thousand dollar raise. He's up to nine hundred after making eight hundred in twenty twenty two. And then Rodney Garner got a raise of $85,000 as well. So, yeah, I mean, this staff did a really, really good job. And Glenn Ellaby is one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. Uh, Could have left, got offers, but didn't. And I think we're lucky to have him. We know about Rodney Garner. He's the best in the business. And so uh, the only turnover you had is with the coach taking a head coaching job. And so – second year in a row where I've been very comfortable about the changes with our staff. And um, I don't think the boat rocked too much. I think we upgraded from the staff in year one to, to year two, thousand percent. And that's what it's about. It's about getting better each and every year from a roster standpoint and a coaching staff standpoint. I feel like we, we did that from year one uh, to, to year two. All right, Ben, I want to, Got some engagement here on the text box and then on, on YouTube chat. So let me go to the YouTube chat first. And um, I just encourage anyone not to speculate on whether Josiah Jordan James could have went or could not have went. I know Jimmy Dykes said what he said. Um, we'll see how Josiah Jordan James looks this weekend. I just think it's unfair because we don't know how he feels. Uh, I've been there myself, and so I wouldn't want anybody – assuming they know how I feel when they not me. Like, that don't make any sense. But as long as he can look his teammates in the face and the eyes and, and they believe him, then that's all that matters. Nobody outside the locker room really matters when it comes to that. Um, Taylor Bay says, Dang, Swain wouldn't even answer Turkey Man's question about Maui. He said, go watch the podcast. Ha ha, just playing. We cut, hey, we only doing an hour show. We, so we, we, we don't have the time to go back. Like we used to, we had three hours a, a day, so we only doing an hour. So we led with Maui and Turkey Man missed it. He got to go back and uh, check the podcast out. We'll have it up here in a little bit. It's all good. Taylor May was joking though. Was Rodney Garner extension built in, or uh, should he have gotten at least two more years? Uh, I want to say it was built in. It looks like that's the case here. There was an escalator that was already built in. Um, and so that's what it looks like. Let's see here. It looks that way, but he goes up $85,000 because Pope had a built-in raise, but for, for Rodney Garner and Rodney ain't going nowhere, man. I know some teams probably tried to get him, but man, his, 
his, his kids are involved in Tennessee athletics. Like they love it here. And, um, same thing can be said about Coach Coach Eckler, who probably was enjoying a hell out of National Chili Day today. Uh, Wayne said Pope did an incredible job, and Coach G just does Coach G things every year. LB was a, was a true shocker for me with the development of Darnell Wright, who I think played incredible at right tackle. Shit. Boy, did he play incredible. He about to be a first-rounder. To the Steelers. Man, I hope so. I remember a couple of years ago, Mike Tomlin was at Pro Day when Juwan James was coming out, and he told a couple guys, that, I'll be back. I'm coming back to get you. And I wouldn't be surprised one bit if the Steelers are taking another offensive lineman from Tennessee. Ramon Foster was dang good for the Steelers. And you know that was a decade ago when he came for Juwan. I know. But my point is, he likes volunteers. Oh, he definitely does. Shout out Kim Sutton, baby. Yeah, he likes volunteers. That's my point. He loves Tennessee volunteers. So I would be damn McCullers. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Got McCullers too. And they need he somebody played. to protect their franchise quarterback now. And can't pick it, right? That, that's right. Dan McCullers was a sealer for like five years. Hey, I was surprised he lasted that long, honestly. Happy that he did, but I was surprised. Um Wayne said. Chiefs won because of Trey Smith. Man, it's an offensive line. Zero sacks. Zero sacks. That, that was, was awesome. big. That was the big that was a big thing in that game. All right, text box. Let's see here. Sorry, I'm trying to get up to date. All right, here we go. Riley Vall says, has been big time you yet now that he is Mr. Big Shot Knox? <laughs> nah, Ben don't ever big time me. Ben's big time, but he don't big time me now. Uh, Riley Vall says, are you boys ever coming to Raleigh? Love to have y'all eat some barbecue. Huh. I don't know when we'll be in Raleigh. That's a good if If, if the Vols are ever there, I'll be there. <laughs> Be there. Don't be trying to give us none of that vinegary sauce either, man. I ain't got time for all that. Is that is that what Carolina barbecue is known for? Yeah, they give, they give you the vinegar based sauce and mustard mustard based sauce. You're not a fan. I mean, I like it. I just prefer the other styles better, but I still like it. Like I I, I enjoy the vinegar based sauce. Good barbecue is good barbecue. Exactly. Exactly. Vol fan says, says, so Tim Corbin can expect a warm welcome to Lindsey Nelson. Uh, yeah, that's fair to say. Jennifer Moore says, where are the guys currently predicted to play in the big dance? I heard Greensboro, maybe somewhere else. Currently, um, Bracketology, Joe Lenardi on ESPN, has Tennessee as a number three seed in Greensboro in the same bracket. As Purdue is the number one seed, Baylor is the number two seed, and Tennessee will be the third seed there. Gonzaga four, and yes, first uh, weekend would be right there in Greensboro, which that's a hop and a skip for us. Also has Duke as a sixth seed, which would be a home game for Duke if we face them in the second round. So that's a um, it's a prediction. I won't say it's 
gold. There's a lot of basketball to be played. Three regular season games. You got the conference tournament. You what? You know what Duke would be, right? In, in if that scenario played out. What's that? Last year's Michigan team. Oh yeah, I mean Duke's playing Under- better now than they did a couple weeks ago. So they are, they are for sure. Yeah, but a, a team that has a ton of talent, but but didn't quite piece it together during the regular season, but is capable of beating anybody. Got the best and, and, and showing up. Yeah, man, they had the best recruiting class last year. So they got some. You see what uh John Shire said uh, this week about his recruiting tactics? So they're they're going to change it up and and try to steer away from having as many freshmen as, as they've had the last couple of seasons. Well, so I guess he's going to the portal. Yeah. Or, or just maybe not going as, as many one and duns potentially maybe like a two or so one and duns three yeah, or so. Yeah. And, and then okay. a couple of guys that, that are probably going to stick around for two, three years, maybe four. Yeah. Yeah. Probably smart. Uh, Z Vol says low. Listen to you guys. Your views are always spot on. Clearly have done your homework. Keep it up. Go Vols. Yeah, just try not to sound like an idiot. Number one. Number two, man, I think it's important to uh, inform our listeners. And you've given us your time. Your time is the most valuable thing that you can give someone. We want to make sure it's worthwhile. Uh, Vol fan says SEC regular season goal is gone, so there's no reason to risk additional injury to Josiah O'Julian. A March run is only going to be possible if they are fully healthy. Barnes said they aren't going to play them until they are fully healthy. Well, I think the most important thing outside of the NCAA tournament is to get one of the top four seeds in the SEC tournament so you can get the double bye. That's that's important. That's important. Um, yeah, Vol fan says best five depends on matchup. Yeah, most of the time. But I think I think if you're Tennessee, you feel comfortable in Josiah being able to guard somebody in the post, and you say, hey, we're we, we going to make you match up with us rather than us trying to just match up with you. Now, the second half of the Mizzou game, we had to match up with them because they had the lead, and they were making 14, you know, made 14 threes on the, on the game, and we had to uh, adjust, and we did a good job of adjusting and got back in that game, but it just wasn't enough. Go ahead, Ben. I think Tennessee's best five consists of Zakai, mm-hmm. Santi, mm-hmm. Jul- Julian at the three, mm-hmm. Jemai Meshek at the four, and Josiah at the five. When ha- when when have we seen this lineup? Do I need to pull a Patrick Ewan on you? We we haven't seen this lineup. Uh, do you practice that shot? When uh, when do you practice that shot? I when trust- have you seen that lineup play? I, I feel you. I do. And I, I the, we're not going to see that lineup. But my point that I'm getting to is that I trust that five on the floor more than I trust four of them, which if, if I'm taking one off, it would be probably Jemai. I think you could make an argument at this point with how Jemai has come on of late. I think maybe, maybe Jemai's more productive than Julian on both ends of the floor. But uh, that conversation aside, I would trust those five on the floor together more than I trust four of them in a post player. I like, you don't know what you're going to get from the post. Like is is it Olivier? Is it, jo- there's nights where I think it's Olivier. There's nights where I think it's Jonas. There's nights where I think it's Tobe. It's the, the best big man of the bunch is different every night. Like yeah. I, I can't trust any of them. Yeah. You don't know which ones 
going to show up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Toby Walker, who was four for five from the free throw line. Hey, the uh, the the practice on Monday that I was at before Texas A&M, you know who were the, the last two guys in the gym shooting free throws? Uh, uh, Walker and Uros. Ziegler. Tobey and Ziegler. Why do you why you ask why you ask me a question that way? That way. I'm gonna give you the 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 name of the guys that have been struggling for the free throw line the most. Well, I Zakai has been struggling as a shooter. Zakai was the last one in the gym on Monday. He finished with free throws, but he was the last one in the gym getting up shots from three. He he was working gotcha. on his shot from the perimeter and then finished with a couple free throws. But Tobey was in there. About 10, 15 minutes after practice, uh, working on free throws, and and Zakai was getting up some shots from the perimeter, and and then finished with a couple of free throws. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, Jeffrey Moore says, as long as we're not in Sister Jean's bracket, I'm cool. I know, right? I don't even think they're going to be in the tournament, lower the Chicago, unless they win their conference tournament. Yeah, if that's the case, then. They'll be they'll be up in there. I don't see them anywhere. I don't see them anywhere. I don't think they're that good this year. No, they haven't been good ever since the coach. They had one good uh, year. Uh, Oklahoma. All right. I don't really have much about about Alabama. Um, it's sad. With, with the, the, the the basketball itself or the situation. Well. I mean, I'll, I'll say this about Brandon Miller. His ability to compartmentalize what's going on over the last couple of weeks and go out there and perform is pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, he's like Kobe Bryant when Kobe Bryant was going through, you know, his legal issues. I mean, for someone to be involved the way he's involved with that case and go out there and play the way he's playing, it hasn't affected his game. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. But that doesn't matter. It's not important. Young lady lost her life. Five year old son doesn't have a mom anymore, and he's in, he's involved in that. And um, there's more details coming out. There's been details that have come out over the last couple of days. The lawyer has put out to his account. Of course, he is defending Brandon Miller, so that's what he's going to do. Um, it's just hard for me to believe that Brandon Miller has hasn't missed a minute of basketball since that incident happened. It's just hard for me to believe how that that he, he, he ain't missing any time. And I wonder if he was a bench warmer or, or even if he was a not an athlete, would he be treated this way? Uh, that's that's weird. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna continue to kind of sit back and let more come out. Um, but I Nate Oates' comments the other day, his initial ones were um, embarrassing and terrible, but. Man, Alabama sure didn't give him a heads up before talking to the media because he came straight, straight from practice to the media and all the details were dropped from um, a preliminary hearing. Now, a couple weeks ago, Nate Oates said that Miles was the only member of the Alabama team connected to the shooting. He said his team met Sunday night and there were a lot of hugs. This was like the initial story and so there's a lot of inconsistencies 
and some stories over the last couple of weeks, especially with some of these new new statements that have come out. But I'm gonna let it continue to play out. Um, it's 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 super sad, man. It's it's super sad. It's just surprising that Miles, excuse me, not Miles, but Miller hasn't missed any time at all. And I'm not trying to sit here and say he should be kicked off. I'm not saying that he should go to jail, but man, this dude's representing a university. He's connected to a shooting where someone died and he hasn't missed any time at all. That's just, that is weird to me. So that's the only thing I really got about the whole Alabama thing. Um, Florida Gators, they've lost three assistants in the last two days. Looking at a tweet from Chris Lowe, Florida's defensive coordinator, tight ends coach, took jobs with the Cardinals, and then Kerry Colbert, former USC baller receiver, played years in the NFL. He left to go coach the Broncos wide receivers. Coach Z went to New York um, to coach the Jets wide receivers. And so Florida, three coaches. Is it a coincidence? The drama is going on with the NIL. Down in Florida, and you had three coaches who were like, man, forget this. <laughs> forget this. I ain't got time for this, man. Y'all got to get y'all NIL stuff together. Y'all making it hard on me. I'm going to the league. Which makes you more appreciative for what Spire Sports Group is doing. Makes you more appreciative. So, um, nothing is perfect in the NIL world. It's difficult. It's a struggle every day. It's tough. I think things are settling down a little bit. The market is market is kind of settling down, but it's 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 still the octagon uh, dealing with NIL. But I think Tennessee is one of the top teams or schools in the country that's that's handling it. So three Florida assistant coaches going to the NFL, and I don't blame them one bit. If you don't have a collective that uh, is on the same page, it can get things get things done. All right, Benjamin McKee. You're a homeowner. I'm a homeowner. We have several homeowners listening, and I think it's important uh, for you homeowners to know that if you're looking to upgrade um, any systems in your house, whether it's a whole home generator, you need to replace that, or a HVAC system. Right now, Hiller has a promotion where you can pick between a free 55-inch TV, Apple iPad, Solo Stove, or Nintendo Switch when you purchase either a whole home generator or HVAC system. So you can choose between one of those special prizes. When you upgrade to a new tankless water heater, you can choose between a Nintendo Switch, Solo Stove, or free 55-inch TV. So awesome deals at Hiller, happyhiller.com for you if you need to replace some of your necessary home um, replacements. You need to handle that. Hiller's uh, texts are background and drug screen. And they've been on my house several times, and they always make sure they leave the place uh, better and cleaner than they than they found it. Their work is guaranteed, so happy you'll be or the service is free. So if you're not happy, man, they take care of you right there. Uh, my favorite part is the quick online booking. You get online, select the appointment time, and boom, you get instant confirmation. Uh, I actually got a tune-up here uh, in a couple of days where he'll be back at the house making sure everything is ready to go because this weather is crazy. It's hot one minute, it's cold one minute. And so it's about to be hot here in spring in a couple weeks. So we want to make sure we all set and ready to go. Ben, do we miss anything that we need to uh, touch on right quick before we get out here for the evening? 
No, I, I think you're spot on with your thoughts about Alabama and Florida. It's a, a sad situation um, with, with the Alabama basketball team. And uh, Billy Napier, not not quite fitting in Gainesville the way that I, I thought that he would early on. No, I, I, no it, it's not. College football has some some calendar issues that it needs to fix. But, uh, again, I, I – Napier just isn't clicking with Florida just yet. It, it's early, but I I figured he would be further along than he is to to this point. And you, you look at what they have on the roster, don't really have a quarterback, don't really have any weapons. You got a transfer dude from Wisconsin, uh, Graham Mertz. But yeah, but I – okay, cool. Uh, all right. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Like he, he's more proven than than the quarterback we got at starter right now. Okay, but I take Joe Milton over him. I would too. I'm just I'm just saying <laughs> he is more proven. Jared Garantano and JT Stroud are experienced as well. You hey, know hey, hey, I say experience. I said proven. I said proven. Proven in the Big Ten. Um, but yeah. That, yeah. He he's solid, but he is they, he's solid. But we, you know they they don't really have an offensive line coming yeah. back. It looks like and. They have Ricky Pearsall, but I think if he's your best weapon on the perimeter, I, I think your your skill position is is lacking. They lost quite a bit of running backs. They don't have a ton of talent on defense. Like I, I don't I don't see a, a super successful season coming. I think it'll be challenging for them to get to six and six, quite frankly. Again? Oof. Yeah, uh, again. So no, I, I think you're spot on in in all of that. And uh, boring basketball game, more than likely on Saturday against South Carolina, but uh, I, I guess we'll see. I, I was not expecting South Carolina to take Alabama down to the wire and to overtime, and certainly there were exterior circumstances that contributed to that. But uh, South Carolina not good at all, so it, it'll be disappointing if if Tennessee allows them to hang around. And and then Tennessee baseball has three this weekend. We'll see how the weather impacts them, but they've got a a three game. Series with Dayton, the Dayton Flyers coming into town. So we'll have plenty of coverage of of it all at GoVols two four seven. All right, my friend, that's that sounds good. That sounds good. Hey, good job, good job as always. Podcast will be up uh, momentarily. So if you are listening live, thank you so much. If you're listening on a podcast, uh, thank you for you know, making the Swain event part of your day. For Ben McKee uh, of GoVols two four seven, I'm Jason Swain. And uh, we hope everyone has uh, a fantastic evening who's listening live. I hope you have a great day if you're listening on, on the podcast. Peace and love. We are out.